Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel, and here with me in person to discuss TBT's championship week and the four awesome interviews that we have for you today are Josh Brown, Hakeem Williams, and Jake Pavorsky. We've got four great interviews and sites and comments about TBT from DJ Kennedy, DeMarcus Cousins, Novar Gadsden, and Kyle Hines. Uh, Josh, let's kind of start with you. Your impressions of the games that we saw last night, Ohio State and Marquette both advanced. Kind of a surprising result for some, I think, especially with respect to Ohio State. Yeah, uh, two really good games. Uh, I think maybe, I think people thought Marquette could, you know, they were kind of reaching their, I don't want to say pinnacle because they're, you know, they still have two games left to go, but, um, you know, they played pretty much, at least in the second half, like as good a game as you can play. Um, I think with Carmen's crew, I think they took it to a level that we might have not even seen from them before. I mean, uh, they played Everline Drive, who made it to the championship game a year ago, had some momentum after getting a couple of, um, uh, you know, playing a couple of tighter games out in uh, Salt Lake. And then uh, Carbon's crew just dominated start to finish. Everline made a run here and there, but, um, you know, Kraft, Diebler, Buford, Letty, the usual um, guys who you've been watching on that team for years played really well. Um, and I think, Dan, they just brought it to a level we probably haven't seen from them before. Hakeem, you've gotten a chance to know the guys from Carmen's crew in Ohio State pretty well over the last couple of years. What's your sense of how they're feeling in the locker room at this point? Is this a team that feels like they can actually win TBT this year? Oh, absolutely. Uh, starts starts from Aaron Kraft, and biggest pickup I think this year was uh, Demetrius McKay. He's a he's a guy that can really you know score the ball. He came in, gave those guys a push yesterday, um, and then over the quarter with the with the um, buzzer beater, one legged Dirk buzzer beater. So. I think with with him coming off the bench and obviously the nucleus of guys they've had over the course of the years, they're a really good team. And um, the biggest thing with them, they play team ball. They don't care who which guy you know scores the most. They're just trying to get a win, and they enjoy playing with each other. So that team is very deadly to uh, watch. Jake, you were saying with respect to the Golden Eagles Marquette alumni team that you've never seen them at this level or compete the way that they did last night against Jackson, Tennessee. They had a tough physical game. Do you feel like this is a different attitude coming from them this year than what you've seen in the past? I agree. And also, there's of course, there's a couple different pieces on there. But they seem, for a team that has been in TBT so long, it seems like after a couple of years of not having success or at least winning at all, and in this case, is the only time you have success, a lot of teams end up sort of going downhill in the intensity and the effort they bring. For the Golden Eagles, it seems like they turn it up a notch. I think Jamil Wilson is a tone setter in that regard. He's a guy who has to get rough and tumble at the five. Simeon Bowers, who comes off the bench, you know, just as a guy who is a mean presence to have on that team, you know, keeps those guys engaged, as well as Joe Chapman, a really good coach, you know, won't let those guys down. And they had a tremendous crowd here last night supporting them. Wes Matthews, uh, NBA player who used to coach the Golden Eagles team back in the day, was involved with them. And anytime Travis Diener gets on the floor and does something, those, those fans go nuts. So this is a team that is as, as locked in as ever and, you know, is definitely pushing for that $2 million title. Golden Eagles are now only the second non-overseas elite team to ever make it to the semifinals back-to-back. We were looking through the record books last night. They've made the Elite Eight, or whatever you call it, quarterfinals, round of eight, each of the years that they've competed in TBT, which is really an accomplishment in and of itself. But to even make it to the semifinals is obviously a really big deal. Another team that's obviously made it to the semifinals and won the championship four years in a row is Overseas Elite. I had a chance to sit down with DJ Kennedy. So let's roll into that interview now with DJ Kennedy of Overseas Elite. DJ, this is now your fifth attempt to win TBT consecutively. Have you guys been able to kind of put this in perspective about what it would mean to win five times in a row? Uh, no, not really. I think we're just really living in the moment right now. I don't think we really understand uh, what we're what we're facing or the things we can uh, 
actually accomplish uh, with winning five straight. And I think that's the good thing about it. You guys are not caught up in the moment. We just live in playing each game like it, uh, nothing happened or like there's nothing out there that there's no pressure. And I think that's the fun part about it. And uh, I think that's what keeps us going, keeps us hungry, is that guys don't look ahead. We just really just face the moment, one moment at a time. You guys brought in a whole bunch of new players, Jonathan Simmons, Tony Taylor. Um, what's it like? I guess what I'm asking is, like, how do you guys integrate integrate new players into the overseas elite team and model as you, as you guys play? We try to find guys who just uh, fit us, like uh, not just basketball guys, uh, character guys that uh, we know what type of personnel, what type of guys we like, and that's the guys we try to go after, guys who are not selfish, guys who can buy in, and that's willing to make sacrifices for the team. That's how we was built on. And uh, we just try to keep that going. Yeah, it's new guys, but we try to keep the same thing, same system going, same thing that we've been approaching for the last four years. And I think we did a great job uh, finding guys that we felt like can still fit how we want to play. It seems like a lot of people love to pick against you. Sometimes people love to root against you. How does that feel? I mean, you're, you're obviously I've known you now for close to five years. Like, I know you're a good guy. But sometimes people put that black hat on you guys and make you feel – they try to portray you almost as like the bad guys of TBT. How does it feel? Do you see that stuff online? Do you read these things? Uh, I see it here and there. I try not to – I think it's funny, honestly, uh, just to be in a situation and be on a team where uh, got everyone's rooting against you or guys want to see you lose. And you, and I think it's funny. I think we – really embrace that and we that kind of motivate us just being like yo everyone wants to see us lose now like we're the we're the champs we're the guys everybody's looking to see and watch so i think we we really take pride in that uh all, all of our guys know what's at stake and uh i think it's fun just to see the spotlight on you every time now and you gotta people want to see how they're going to come out how they're going to react to certain things and i think uh we got a great like i said we got a great job of guys who can know how to do both uh Still be there, listen to fans, but can lock in when it's time to lock in. And I think that's the great thing about my team. One of the things that's really hard to pin down is like what the overseas elite style of play actually is. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys try to play? Is there a specific style that you try to meet? Or you, do you just kind of look at the opponent that you're playing and then beat them at their own thing? Uh, we just play hard. Like uh, It's a lot of X and O's you could change during the game, the course of the game. But our style and what we based off is playing hard. We do. We do. We don't have no nonchalant guys or no cool guys or guys who just think they' too good for the league. We got guys who's gonna leave it out there, on both ends. And when they see the top guys on it, it trembles down to other guys. Like, oh, I gotta do this as well. So I think that's that's the great thing about this uh, group of guys. Like everyone's doing the little things, the second chance, the rebounds, office rebound, getting on the floor, and that just makes other guys. So a guy who probably wouldn't want to do it, see, I gotta do it too. This guy's laying it all out there. Some of these guys you go way back with. Paris, Justin, you played at St. John's with and have known for, for a very long time. DeAndre Kane, you played with in high school. Um, one of the things that's interesting, though, is that the new guys that you bring in are not completely unknown. There is a relationship existing there. Can you kind of talk a little bit about, first, the relationship that you have with Paris and Justin and DeAndre, and then how you all know some of these new players as well? Uh, it really trimmed down as uh, far as Paris. Uh, he's really kind of who brought me along and we kind of just built uh, pieces off that was uh, just from I went to school St. John's we had that St. John's connection and uh, that's what brought me then that's how we got Burrell is because we've been playing we played with each other for four years before TBT 
and we just kind of it's like a brotherhood we stayed together and still connected and the situation a tournament like this came about and we like oh we know who we to get then we just found pe- guys we knew from off that or we had a relation or we seen play or play with overseas and so every connection is at least someone on the team or someone played with the person or know the person uh, and that's really how our roster was built around is I brought on Kane because I played with Kane. Uh, maybe uh, I played with Falk in the V League. So it's just a lot of different pieces that players play with each other in different places, either overseas or maybe G League or college. All right, so, so that's breaking news in the course of this podcast that Walter Sharp's not going to be playing DJ. But it seems like whether you guys have a full roster or you're shorthanded a little bit, you guys kind of just roll with those punches. Is there something mentality-wise that you try to focus on that helps you eliminate the distractions and just focus on the task that's in front of you? Uh, we know uh, all the distractions. That's like, that's the good thing about this team. It's not perfect. People might think, oh, overseas, they must got a great thing running. It's a lot of things that people don't see, but when it's time, everyone knows to focus on clear your head. Hey, we're, we're playing basketball now. We worry about that later. And that's why I really like these guys because they don't let we don't let distractions bother us or what's the outside noise or what people are saying, we're going to lose this or do that. We don't have enough. Guys go out there, and we're going to leave it all out there no matter who's out there. And I and guy's not selfish. If a guy's not playing well, he'll sit himself down, uh, next man up. We got a lot of situations like that for us. Our team is just next man up mentality. Guy might not play the whole TBT or little minutes, but he might come in the biggest game of the TBT and be ready to play. And I think that's just, just shows a lot of character about the guys on our team. One thing that's that's, I think, really interesting about the team in terms of um, how you guys go through the tournament is that it's almost a democracy in terms of how the team is coached. You know, Mark Hughes is the head coach, but you guys all have input when those huddles go on. It seems like everybody is kind of working together to try to get um, the team moving in the right direction. Can you talk a little bit about that dynamic and how that helps the team uh, win all these games? It's just unbelievable. We have guys with great IQ, so we hold guys to accountability. Uh, so if someone has something to say, we all going to listen because we know no one's trying to tell us the wrong thing and no guy's being selfish or just they see something. And, guys, that's why I think it's so – what makes it so important with our team is everyone can listen to each other, talk to each other how you want. There's no one not sugarcoating or trying to, like, they gonna we're going to tell you directly how it is. That's why some people are like, oh, maybe overseas they're, they're going through it, they're fighting. No, this is how we talk. So we know we can talk to one another like that because we know – no one means no harm. We all trying to win. So if someone sees something or call you out, uh, most of our guys respond well to it or lock in, and no one really trips. And I think that's that's special. Everyone can talk to each other the way that we do and still be able to lock in and not worry about or get distracted. And I think that's that's it's basketball. Things are going to happen. Uh, maybe we might mess up, but we have we hold guys accountable. If it's me. Uh, anyone like if I'm wrong or someone else they call me out and I call them out and I think that's it just makes a good bond for you to trust one another all right thanks DJ all right great stuff as usual from DJ Kennedy Hakeem it kind of seems like DJ is really coming into his own and enjoying the spotlight a little bit this year maybe without Eric McCollum and and Kyle Fogg being there obviously close friends of his but it does seem like DJ has especially kind of taken the the leadership role with that team this year Oh, absolutely. DJ is a terrific, terrific uh, player. Um, not only is he a terrific player on the court, but he's really engaged with those guys. Um, I think he's pretty much the catalyst. He's best friends with all those guys, even the new guys they brought in. 
Tony Taylor. Tony Taylor, terrific guard. Um, yeah, he's he, he's the guy. He's a guy. All right, now we're going to go to an interview we had with DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, obviously, is the organizer and the figurehead of the front of Loyalty is Love, which won the Lexington Regional. They're going to get matched up with Overseas Elite later tonight on Friday. Let's go to that interview now with DeMarcus Cousins. Okay, we're here with DeMarcus Cousins, GM of Loyalty is Love. DeMarcus, can you talk a little bit about how you got involved with TVT this year? Well, uh, it's obvious I'm a Puma guy, so uh, it was kind of presented to me in a, in a meeting over the summer and, uh, you know, I've always had, like, you know, somewhat of a dream of, you know, after basketball, kind of being in the GM president type position. And uh, all, um, I've always been interested in putting my own team together. So uh, when it was presented to me, it was a, it was, you know, it was an easy answer for me. I was all for it and, uh, you know, we went from there. In terms of putting the team together, what did you do? Like, what was the first step? I assume your brother must have been one of the first phone calls you made, but... What were some of the first steps that you took to try to pull this team together? Um, well, one, I wanted to, a group of good guys. You know, I think that's one thing that I did accomplish. Uh, obviously, uh, talent, you know, had a part to do with it. And, um, you know, most of these guys, I've either been a, I've been a teammate with these guys at one point, played against them, or I'm just flat out a fan. Of them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of how I went about with, you know, picking my team. Uh, I wanted to be able to have different lineups. Either we can go small, we can go big. And from what you were saying, it sounds like you did a lot of the recruiting, if not all of it, all exactly yourself, right? Uh, I did all of it. I did. Well, of course, I had a team. We kind of, you know, put up a, a, a graph of who we wanted to go after or whatever the case may be. And, you know, basically everybody I went after, we ended up getting. Uh, with an exception of maybe one or two. Uh and some injuries came into play with that, but you know that's part of it. But for the most part, we got every guy we, we wanted, and um, I'm, I'm excited for the team. Yeah. You think you have a future maybe in that recruiting college basketball? Would you rather stick with the NBA? What do you think? Um, I I haven't really thought about it like as being a recruiter or anything like that. Um, I do enjoy putting teams together, putting time together to see how to mesh on the floor. And, uh, you know, so far I think I've done a, you know a pretty decent job. What do you think of the experience so far of kind of going through TPT? You guys played in the Lexington Regional, obviously competitive there, mm-hmm. won a couple of close games. Um, now you're at this next level in Chicago here for the final eight. Can you kind of talk about that that experience of going through TPT, your thoughts on the event so far? Um, one, this is, I think this is a very underrated event that's going to get all the credit that it deserves eventually. So I don't understand why it's not, more guys. These guys that are overseas, you know, borderline NBA, uh, NBA G League guy. Like, this is an opportunity for you. Like, I feel like this is an opportunity guys should be taking advantage of. Um, it's only going to get bigger from here, and um, I believe next next year it'll be even bigger and even better, and that much more talent on the floor. So, uh, I'm excited for this event as a whole. You're matched up tonight against overseas elite, four-time defending champions. A lot of people have said that, you know, they'll be shocked if that team ever loses. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys have to do tonight to win this game against overseas elite? And then the second part is, what is it about your roster that you think might give you an edge against them if you do have them? Um, well, one, we're going to defend our tails from start to finish. This is a team that has seen seen it all. They've won it the last four years. They they know what it takes. They they have all the experience dealing with this. Uh, 
they almost watching them play. They almost have a switch that they click on when it's time to make that run and win the game. It's been I've seen games where they've been down and they just turn that switch on and you know do whatever it takes to win the game. So uh, we got to match that intensity from start to finish. And um, I think what we do have an advantage at is our size. Uh, I don't think they'll be able to match up with our size and our athleticism. So uh, hopefully we can take advantage of that. Do you feel like there's an opportunity here for your guys to kind of set a new precedent within TBT, having beaten overseas elite? Absolutely. Um, this is an opportunity not only for for this specific event, but for them with their individual careers. This is this is a chance to make money. You have an opportunity to get free exposure on national TV. Um, you. I'm pretty sure scouts and, and, and NBA teams and overseas teams that are looking at these events. But guys, these are some of the top talents, you know, overseas and, you know, here playing ball. So it's just an opportunity. It's, it's so many opportunities wrapped up in one event. Like like I said earlier, this is it should be more guys than this trying to take advantage of. All right, last thing is that you're going to be one of the judges of the Puma Hoops posterized dunk contest tonight uh-huh. on ESPN2. In your opinion being on the giving end of a lot of posterized dunks. What makes a great posterized dunk? Uh, the tenacity tenacity behind it. Uh, obviously, the personnel. The style points. Um, depends on the amount of contact. It may be an and one dunk. You know, it's just a lot of things vary, but usually just... Well, it usually takes you over the top is the tenacity. Um, you can, if you can have that, you got a pretty good shot. Can a little guy win a posterized dunk contest? Absolutely. That's those are usually the guys that win it. So, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Demarcus. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, Jake. Demarcus is so engaged in this process, and I think really surprisingly to me at least, that he is as into this as he is. I mean, he said in the course of the interview that he personally called every one of these players and recruited them himself. Himself, You were in Lexington and saw how he was there. What should fans that are tuning in tonight uh, to ESPN to see them play overseas elite expect from DeMarcus on the sidelines? Well, DeMarcus will be as engaged as he was recruiting those guys. I, I think you'll see him on the end of the bench trying to, you know, Watch the team like Coach Otis Hewley do his thing, but he'll step in there when he needs to. If overseas elite goes on a run, if loyalties Levens have come, you know, is down a couple bad fouls or something, you will see Demarcus Cousins get into it and, and be as engaged and loud and and uh, provocative as, as he usually is during an NBA game. This is a guy who who really wants to win this win it all. He said so in Lexington. He wouldn't be here if that wasn't the case. He's put together a tremendous coaching staff of guys that are that want to play as well as a group of players who are are willing. You know, ready to engage with the coaching staff, listen, take direction. And they're, they all have something to prove. All these guys want to use this opportunity to get back in the States, to play in the NBA, to, of course, win the money. Um, so for a team of all stars who usually, you know, kind of come in, they kind of waltz through this game based off talent alone. Um, that is not the case with, with loyalty's love. They play with energy. They play with toughness. Uh, and they, they're ready to, to knock off overseas elite tonight. Elite tonight. There is, uh, there is no concern and there's no doubt in their mind that they can do it. All right, so Loyalty is Love is going to take on Overseas Elite tonight on ESPN at 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern time. That's going to be a battle for the ages. A lot of people are saying that that's maybe the battle for the championship this year. I don't know. 
but it's certainly going to be an awesome game. All right, so the next interview we have is with Novar Gadsden, probably the least, least known of these four guys that we're talking to, but really by no means the least important. Novar Gadsden, by many people, has been called the leader of this brotherly love team. He's the guy that has really taken on a great leadership role for them. So let's go now to the interview that I did with Novar Gadsden. Okay, we're here with Novar Gadsden of Team Brotherly Love. Novar, can you kind of walk through the background of this team, how it came together, and what you guys are about? Um, it came together maybe five summers ago um, with a bunch of guys who uh, played against each other uh, at child, you know what I mean, child age. Um, we came together about five summers ago in a tournament called the Ball Up Tournament. Um, and maybe after that tournament, we realized we can do something really, really good as a group. Um, and we just stuck together from day one with each other since then, up leading up to now. What brought you together initially? Do you all know each other from, from the Philadelphia area, or what's the background on that? Uh, well, when I first very started playing basketball, I always played against Shannon and Sammy, and they always beat me. So, you know, I knew them growing up. Uh, I met Mike Ringgold uh, my freshman year of college. I know Ramon from about maybe 15 years old. Um, I know Rodney. Rodney, I grew up with Rodney. Rodney Green, who we just had it. Um, Dwayne, I, I didn't really know Dwayne a lot, but um, but he since being around him, I feel like I know him forever. That's how easy he, he is to get along with. Um, Mikhail's from Southwest, just like me and Rodney. He's from Southwest Philadelphia. So a lot of us, uh, we know each other. We respect each other's game. And that's why it looks so, you know, we look so much as a unit um, going being out there together. What is it about Philadelphia basketball that you guys are trying to represent? Um, the toughness. Um, uh, we got a, a chip on our shoulder, whereas though, you know, being from Philadelphia, you know, a lot of guys say this, but we really take pride in being from that city because it's a really rough city to grow up in. Um, and a lot of lot. A lot, a lot of guys make it out of there, um, whether, you know, through school or through athletics. Um, but, you know, that being from that city gives us, give us this type of edge that I don't think anyone has. A lot of people have talked about that exact thing, is that there's a some, certain toughness about Philadelphia basketball players that is hard to see in almost any other city. Maybe Chicago has that same kind of reputation. But what is it you think about playing ball growing up in Philadelphia that makes the players have that toughness? Uh, just a lot of adversity coming up as, you know, as a child. Um, you got to overcome a lot. I know me personally, I had to come overcome a lot growing up, um, but I know also. Like, like what? Uh, the death of my brother, um, you know, eviction, um, you know, moving from school to school, meeting new friends. Um, you got to have to learn how to adjust with, you know, socializing from time to time. So just a lot of adjustments and overcoming a lot of adversity. That's why, that's what makes us, you know, as a group so, so tough. When the team plays and it's gelling like it did at various points last year and certainly this year in Syracuse, the ball movement is amazing. Everybody seems to be playing almost positionless basketballs, shifting on defense quite a bit. Is that something that you guys work on or is that just evolved over time? Um, it evolved over time. Um, and then you get to know each other. You know what I mean? So I know where Sammy's going to be all the time, whether I'm driving or not. I know Mike like the back of my head because I played four years with him in school. Um, Wayne, it's again, he's easy to play with because he's like a traditional big where he can step out and hit the three. Um, and Shannon, and um, now we, we added also Maurice Watson, who's really, really a really good teammate. You know what I mean? So adding him and adding Rodney with just a bunch of good guys who care about each other and want to win. Does it matter at this stage of the tournament whether you guys are at a size disadvantage or do you guys feel like you've got the pieces in place to play the basketball that you want to play as opposed to what somebody else is trying to make you play? Um, I don't think it matters um, because we got a bunch of, you know, Philadelphia also breeds a lot of tweeners. Uh, when I say tweeners, I mean like myself, like I'm six seven, but I can, you know, I basically can play every position on the floor if needed. Um, we got a lot of them on this team. Um, Rodney, uh, he brings that. Ramon brings that. Maurice is the, like, 
maybe the best point guard I've ever seen as far as his gen- like him controlling pace and generating a game. You know what I mean? And we got Wayne who can you know he can go to the four if needed because he can stretch out. He has Mikel who's the protector um, who plays he plays hard. But it's, you know I can go down the line. France is another guy who never does nothing that he don't do. Uh, he's a really solid player, man, and he works his behind off. And we all we all admire that about each other. You know what I mean? So that's what makes us such a good group. Do you feel like the matchup that you have tonight is going to be the most challenging one you've had? Is it more difficult than other ones that you've played in the past? You kind of talk a little bit about that that game tonight. Uh, that game tonight is uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough, man. They got some good guys. Um, we know a lot of them. Um, we know of a lot of them. You know what I mean? But you know, we got a thing as a group where we put you know a limit on a lot of stuff as, as far as throughout the game, and we also know that uh, we set. We set rules on the board or on the wall. Wherever we had together, we set the rules, and that's out-rebound them, limit turnovers, and get back a transition defense. You know what I mean? And we, we can beat anybody. Is it concerning, or did you guys ever even talk about various reputations of certain players, guys with NBA experience, guys that have won EuroLeague? Do those sort of things come up in conversation when you guys are talking about the next opponent? Not at all. Uh, we, we all know individually each, everyone's out, and every opponent's background. And we don't care, you know. what I mean, because once the ball go up, it's you versus us. So you know, what I mean, we don't we don't pay any of that any of that anymore. How do you enjoy going through TBT? You guys have done this a couple times already, but what does it feel like now to be at this stage, three wins away from winning that two million dollars? Uh, it means a lot. Um, see, last year I said it before um, Sunday when I got interview. I said um, I feel like last year I messed the rhythm up because when we won in New York um, in Brooklyn. I paid for a vacation with my fiance and I couldn't get out of it. So I didn't want to leave her out to dry and then leave the group. So I couldn't get my money back. So I, I had to go to week and I didn't touch a basketball or anything that whole week. So I came back sluggish and I felt like I let the group down. I took that. I took that personal. I don't take a lot of stuff personal, but I took that personal. So this year I said, I told her no, no vacation and I need to focus here. And she got, she supported me all the way. There's a lot of people that are kind of picking you guys as the team that could potentially win TBT. Have you thought about what that would be like to actually win it uh, at this stage? Uh, as we go back, as we practice in Philadelphia, not only me, but a lot of us say, yo, we always been here, but now we always got this far, but now it's time to win. You know what I mean? They was like, we have to, the guys was like, we have to win something together. You know what I mean? And now this is, you know, Team Brotherly Loves, we want to make it like a brand. We want to make it it's something that reminds the city of us, you know what I mean? So we, 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 our heads are down right now. Um, our focus is tonight, take it game by game, possession by possession. And, you know, it's all, it's all in God's hands. Do you look at team brotherly love as something that will last longer than you guys are playing yourselves? Do you, have you thought about that kind of idea that this is the beginning of something that could be a very long-term team? That's what, that's why we came up with the name before this, we, we was going, we was going through sponsors, uh, see who can sponsor us. Um, but we all decided that it'd be called Team Brotherly Love. We got Samaj, um, France, who, who guys are from from uh, from New Jersey. Um, but we adopted them, you know. what I mean, and, and those are our brothers. Um, and you know, we we came up with that name as a group. Um, and we said we're gonna live by it. We're gonna take a lot of pride in it because it means a lot to us. Brotherly Love is a bu- a group of brothers. You know, what I mean, not uh, just a bunch of guys that's put on paper, but a bunch of guys that knows each other like the back of the hands. That's why it looks so good when we play. Tony Paris has said that you're kind of the guy on the team, the leader of the team. You're initiating a lot of the text messages, keeping the lines of communication open. How did you assume that role uh, with this group? Um, I, I told 
one of my closest friends is Mike Ringo. So I told him that I need to be more vocal. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm very, very quiet. So I, I sit back and I'm, I observe everything. So I told him that I need to be more vocal and, and, and help more with the group because I think a lot of guys respect, respect my, you know, my opinion, you know what I mean? And I don't hold a lot of, I don't hold, you know, nothing back and I hold everybody accountable because I, I want somebody to hold me accountable. So uh, I guess that's how it came along. I'm just more vocal than everybody. That's all. All right. Thanks a lot, Novar. I appreciate it. Good luck tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Great stuff from Novar. Uh, really understated, Josh, but not on the court. And brotherly love really kind of epitomizes that phrase, brotherly love, when they're on the court. They play a very cohesive, team-oriented style of basketball. Not a ton of big guys. They're not going to have Jason Thompson tonight, which may or may not put them at a disadvantage. A lot of people were saying if they brought him in that it could kind of mess with the, the chemistry that they have. But either way, they're playing positionless basketball, very modern game that these guys have adapted and adopted to. Uh, what do you think about this opportunity that Brother Lee Love has tonight? Yeah, I think um, I thought what what impressed me most about them was when they played um, Bayham's Army. The way they I mean they broke down the zone like like instantly. Um, and just watching, I wasn't at the game, but Kikim was there and watching it on TV. I mean, they, you know. When you don't have an alumni team, you never know how they're kind of kind of gel. And we knew these guys were all friends, and they played together with the Talladega Knights. But um, to see a the way they again they've been able to gel, but b the job that Tony Paris has done and um, kind of solidifying himself over the past two years as one of the you know upper echelon coaches we have in TBT um, has been really cool. And like I said, they went into Beheim's army on the road and they broke down that zone almost instantly watching the replay. Um, they did what overseas elite did against them two years ago, which was put a guy in the middle, put shooters around him, get it to the guy on the free throw line, and then just find an open shooter and break down the zone. And, uh, it worked for them and that's why they're here. Um, so really fun team to watch probably now holding the mantle of maybe the underdog of the teams remaining. So, um, I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch, but they have a really good team they've put together. Brotherly Love is going to get matched up against Team Hines. And because of that, we spoke with Kyle Hines, the namesake and leader of Team Hines. Let's go to that interview now with Kyle Hines. Kyle, what's your motivation with putting this team together, Team Hines, for TBT this year? Um, number one is, uh, you know, I admire a lot of these guys. I respect a lot of these guys that we have on the roster. Um, and just to have the opportunity to play, you know, with them, um, you know, I think, that was the number one motivation, um, you know, to get a group of guys that I enjoy playing with. And, you know, I thought we all thought it would be fun, to, you know, to come together um, and play together. Um, number two, um, what I wanted to do, a lot of us, you know, we're overseas basketball players. So a lot of us, you know, that we don't get opportunity to play at home very often. Um, so this tournament has allowed us that, that opportunity to, you know, play at home, play in front of family or friends um, without them, you know, having to watch, you know, on a, you know, a tape delay or, or have to stream. So um, that was number two. And then number three, the opportunity to compete. Um, you know, we know, we know Pargo, we know, you know, all these guys, you know, um, all the guys from overseas elite and, you know, all the guys that, you know, from many other teams, team, you know, Ohio state team, you know, so, um, you know, I thought the year we see each other, you know, we talk a little trash, so, you know, the opportunity to compete, um, and compete for, you know, uh, such a prestigious tournament like this. You've had obviously a very decorated career overseas, won the Euro league more times than most people have fingers on their hands. Um, do you feel a sense of sort of, um, obligation to prove yourself here in the United States to people that haven't seen you, NBA fans in particular, don't seem to have much focus outside of the NBA. What's your sense of like what you can do potentially playing on ESPN and everything like that for American fans that haven't maybe seen you play before? Um, I mean, not only me, but like I said, I think our whole entire team, um, you know, not a lot of people, you know, we're not necessarily household names. Majority of us went to small colleges, small schools. 
Um, you know, we didn't go to you know, the big ACC programs, Big Ten, you know, Big Ten programs. Um, so many people, the, the common American fan doesn't know a lot of our names. Um, and majority of us, have, you know, all of us have had, you know, prominent careers overseas. So, you know, it's a great opportunity for us to, you know, to kind of showcase our talents, to showcase our abilities um, and, you know, for opportunities for people to show that, you know, that we can play. Um, so, yeah, I think that for that is like, you know, that that's a great opportunity. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of us you were able to kind of, you know, come together and put this team together. Is it weird when, when you were growing up, obviously you probably had aspirations of playing in the NBA or, you know, whatever, but now living the life that you've lived, living in one of the world's great cities in Moscow, playing for one of the world's great teams in Cheska for as long as you have, and not only that, but all the steps that you've taken, is there anything about it that you would change in the process that you've, that you've had in your career? Not at all. Um, I've been very fortunate and very blessed um, to have the opportunity to play professional basketball, which is, you know, only a small percent, you know, of the population has opportunity to do that. Um, I've had opportunity to live um, in some of the greatest cities in the world. I say this all the time, but I, mean, I, I get a chance to live in in a city where, you know, people save up a lifetime just to travel to for a weekend or for a week. So, you know, for me, you know, I would never change anything. Um, not only for me to have the opportunity to travel and, and play basketball, but my friends and my family. Um, you know, if it wasn't for me playing overseas, I don't know if my parents, you know, my friends would have the opportunity to see Moscow, Russia, or see, you know, Rome, Italy, or see Athens, Greece, or, you know, a lot of the places that we've been. So I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, obviously, you know, every kid growing up here, you know, dream is to play in the, play in the States and play in the NBA. But, you know, everybody has their own path. And, you know, my path has took me to, you know, play overseas. And, you know, I've been very fortunate to have, you know, have a great career over there. You mentioned it a second ago, but a lot of the guys on your team have played at small schools in the United States. You played at UNC Greensboro. I think Thomas Walker played at Stephen F. Austin. Mike James, who's going to join you now in Cheska, Moscow, played at Lamar. Is there something about playing in a small school that leads to success overseas for Americans playing, you know, in Europe especially? Um, I mean, not that not, not you put it that way. I mean, I think yes. Um, I don't know exactly what that correlation is, what exactly that is, but it'd be interesting to kind of look at that. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, majority of the players, you know, the prominent Americans that played over there, um, that have had success over there, um, have been from small school, small, small school programs. Um, maybe it's because, you know, they played four years at one school and maybe they're able to mature. Um, maybe because, you know, a majority of the, I guess you could say, you know, smaller colleges teams play, I guess, a similar style brand to what it is over in Europe where, you know, it's more like team first. And, you know, if you go to a bigger school, a lot of times you have like a, you know, all American or you have a bigger, bigger name player and you're automatically a role player. But, um, yeah, I think it is kind of an interesting correlation. Like I said, I mean, I think majority of our guys, if I not think of all of us, maybe except for, I think Darius Adams or, you know, a couple of few players, all of us have played in, you know, in mid-major school. So, I mean, I think maybe there is some type of direct correlation to that. Is there a, an expectation on your part that this team will come back in a similar form in future tournaments? Or, like, what do you think is going to be happening future-wise for Team Hines? Um, we'll see. I mean, it, it was – I think it was – I told Mike um, and, and Mo and, and, and Juan and, uh, and Ron and my brother Tyler that it was it was just an achievement to get all these guys here in, in one place and get everybody to buy in. Um, which is usually difficult to do, you know, to get all these guys, you know, they've had long seasons this past season overseas. Um, so majority, you know, guys, you know, they want to enjoy their summers. You know, we only get, you know, 10 weeks. So, you know, they even though they're working out, but they don't want to have, you know, spend their weekends, you know, playing more basketball. They would rather be, you know, on vacation or a beach or doing something else or spending time with their family. So I think it's an achievement alone, you know, that we got these guys here. And, you know, if we're able to do well in the tournament, um, you know, we'll see what the future holds. You see what the future holds for, you know, for Team Hines and also this team as well. One of the 
the hardest things about TBT is getting your roster to show up. Yeah. And I think <laughs> yeah. I think that part of the success that your team has had is that you're the guy, you know, like, and you're an American that a lot of people look up to, a lot of people that are trying to break into professional basketball overseas look up to, given the success that you've had and the road that you've traveled. Um, first off, you know, how do you feel about that sort of being this, um, I hate to say it, but almost like under the radar icon for Americans playing overseas? And then secondly, what pieces of advice do you have for Americans that are trying to follow a similar path to what you're doing? Um, I mean, it's definitely very humbling to, you know, to to talk to a lot of these guys and they say the reason why they wanted to play is because they wanted to, you know, play with me, um, and, you know, play with, you know, my group of guys. Um, so it's definitely very humbling. Um, I, I, I guess I understand it now, now that I'm kind of getting older and I'm becoming more of a veteran, you know, person. Um, not only on this team, but also, you know, my club team as well. So, you know, it's something that um, I don't take for granted. I don't take lightly. Um, you know, one of the biggest things I want to do is I want to try to be a, a role model, um, you know, for Americans, um, a reference point for Americans that I want to come over and play overseas. Because a lot of times it's not necessarily the talent that, you know, doesn't allow guys to have success overseas. It's a lot of times it's the the mental part or, or a lot of the times the, all the things they do off the court. So, you know, for me, I just want to try to, you know, teach guys like listen like you know i mean if you just do things the right way you stay professional um then you can have a you know a great long career overseas and you can you know have success over there and that's one of the things that we you know we've been trying to do and trying to show is that you know just because you're not in the nba you shouldn't necessarily hold your head um you know that you're not you know in the nba you can have a great career um you know make you know uh, a good living for you and your family overseas so i think that would be my biggest advice for guys you know go over there um and go with an open mind with an open heart um, get immersed in the culture, get immersed with your team and enjoy the experience for what it is. Don't be, you know, sulking about, you know, oh, I'm not in the NBA. I'm not, I'm not this. Enjoy the experience because like I said before, you know, you're, you're part of a small population of people that gets the opportunity to do this, to get a chance to play basketball and see the world at the same time. What do you, what do you guys, team, team Hines have to do tonight in order to beat brotherly love? And then even going forward, what do you think it takes at this point, having competed in TBT a couple of times to actually win this event? Um, I think number one, um, Brotherly Love is a, a very interesting team. Um, they're one of the, I guess you say, few teams that, you know, they have kind of a, a chemistry together. They play. I, I know a lot of the guys, so they play with each other year in, year out um, in a number of you know, program tournaments, summer league tournaments, even in pickup. You know, they're always with each other, so they know each other well. Um, so I think, number one, we have to try to make them get them out of their comfort zone, you know, try to, you know, try to push up on them, try to, you know, be a little more physical than them um, and also match up with them. You know, they're, they kind of play kind of a unique style. They have, you know, five guys on the court where um, they aren't necessarily the traditional um, guess size, you know, they don't have a traditional five man, traditional four man. They kind of just play five out. Um, so I think for us, you know, that's going to be the big thing. And also they compete, you know, a lot of them, I know them, they're from the Philadelphia, South Jersey area and they compete in that area. That's all we do. We just compete no matter what. So we got to match their competition, competitive spirit. I think that's the biggest thing over the course of this weekend. I think number one, you just got to compete. Um, you got to compete for forty, you know, for 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 nine minutes for you know for every quarter, um, and and just go and go out. And that's the way you have to do it. That's the only way you're going to be able to win this tournament. Um, if you come in, you come in too lax. Um, and you've seen it throughout the results of this weekend and, and the previous weekends in the regionals. If you come out too relaxed, you might find yourself down 10, 15 points, and then. From that standpoint, it's hard to recover. So I think that's the biggest one. You you have to. Everybody has to buy in. Everybody has to compete. I feel like you guys are, are buying in, and everybody's ready to compete. 
Definitely. I mean, we, um, I was actually worried about, you know, trying to get guys, you know, making sure guys got back here. But the fact is that, you know, everybody's been very receptive to, you know, to, to, to listening to Mo and to the coaches, to Mike and to, and to Juan and everybody. Um, everybody's ready. I mean, even the guys that, you know, that we added, um, you know, over the course of last week, they all reached out to us and was like, listen, you know, you know, we want to, we want to be part of this. We see what you guys have. We want to be a part of this, you know, this special group. So, um, I think so. I think that, you know, we have the, the makings of, you know, having a, a very special weekend. All right, Kyle, thanks a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Just a great interview, obviously, with Kyle Hines and a great guy. Generally, I've gotten to know him a little bit over the last couple of years. And it's amazing to me, given the stature that he holds overseas, um, Hakeem, the level of um, down to earthness, for lack of a better term, that he has. Like, he just seems like a regular guy and one that people can kind of relate to. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he is, I would say, the best big overseas right now. Um, Kyle Hines has been terrific. Uh, he, he tried to put in the team, I think last year, the year before, I know he's played in TBT in the past, but he's a guy that we want on the court. Um, like you said, he's a class act guy. Uh, I actually had a great conversation with him earlier. Um, he's just one of those guys that you'll never get the sense of him being like too good, you know, too good to talk to fans, too good to even converse with his teammates. So definitely a leader on and off the court. Um, love everything about them, and even even their point guard they have. Between him and, and Mike James, it's going to be a tough duo to guard. All right, guys, let's go to tonight's games. Obviously, Overseas Elite is going to play Loyalty is Love. That's the 6, six o'clock game central, 7 o'clock Eastern time. And then Brotherly Love is going to play Team Hines at the second game. In between, we're going to have the dunk contest, which is going to be pretty ridiculous, I think, in and of itself, some of the guys that we have lined up for this thing. But let's go to prediction time, Josh. I mean, when you're looking at Overseas Elite versus Loyalty is Love, I know we've talked about this probably too often, but your thoughts on Overseas Elite uh, playing this game against uh, Loyalty is Love? Again, same thing that we talked about with Best Virginia, where everyone went in. This is the time always going to lose, 28-1, and 28-whatever. Uh, I know for a fact DJ Kennedy's watching. I know for a fact he's seeing that everyone's saying Loyalty's Love is going to beat them. And Overseas Elite, not only do they have a, an ability to take the best player out of a game, no matter who they're playing, which uh, we can debate if that's Pierre Jackson or Isaiah Austin, but... They just have a weird kind of magic around them where players just miss shots when they're, even if it's an open shot, players just miss shots. And I don't know if they're intimidated that they're playing the champs. I don't know what it is, but um, no, Overseas Elite sees that everyone is picking Loyalty is Love and they are going to roll through it like they usually do. Jake, what does Loyalty is Love have to do if they're going to beat Overseas Elite tonight? Well, they definitely have to make shots. They're going to have to rely on, on Pierre Jackson and Kiefer Sykes to match uh, what Jeremy Pargo and Bobby Brown bring, bring to the table from a scoring perspective. But I, I think they need to use their height to their advantage. You know, Quincy Miller, 6'11", Isaiah Austin, 7'1", Willie Reed, 7 feet. You know, that's your 3 through 5 right there. Granted, Overseas Elite has some size too, but, oh, um, you know, Loyalty's level will have to use that to, to stop DJ Kennedy, to keep Justin Burrell quiet. You have Daniel Orton off the bench, who's another big physical big man. Try and get Justin in foul trouble early. You know, make them go to the bench, try and go a little bit smaller and kill him inside with, inside with your size. Uh, Scotty Hobson is a great addition, gives them, you know, a 6'7", 2 guard, and, you know, another guy that you can put into that starting lineup. Uh, make go a little bit bigger as that team goes a bit smaller, uh, that team being Overseas Elite, and, and really try and frustrate them. So I, I think that's the thing, and you have to come out, you have to hit them in the mouth. You know, be prepared for the jump. Don't let OE jump out to, you know, a 10-2 lead, a 12-4 lead, something like that. You have to set the tone for this one, and I, I think they're prepared to do that. I, I've picked against Overseas Elite in the past, 
Uh, I didn't last year because I was wiser than that, but I went with Best Virginia earlier. I was incorrect. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, at some point, overseas elite run has to come to an end. I, I think if there's any team that's going to do it, it's going to be loyalty's love. And if they don't, then I'm done picking against overseas elite forever. And as long as they're in TBT, then it's, I'm just not going to pick anybody else. But I, tonight, I think loyalty's love gets it done. And if not, then I apologize to DJ and the gang, and I'm, I'm done picking against them. It would only be 28 times in a row that you would have to be shown that this team is almost unbeatable for them to not be picked against is that what you're saying yeah i mean i think i picked you know in the 28 i would say i probably picked them 22 or 23 times so it's a pretty high batting average just you know clearly not good enough hakeem the second game tonight brotherly love against team Hines. this really i think is a lot closer of a matchup than most people would suspect based upon the resumes that the guys bring in you mentioned him a second ago mike james one of the best guards probably not in the nba nba talent through and through is going to play with kyle Hines next year in cheska moscow they've got thomas walkup coming in to a to add to that list of pretty much EuroLeague all-stars that they had in Greensboro. But there's something about brotherly love and the way that these guys are cohesive, the way that they play, the way that they move the ball. They kind of epitomize that Philly toughness that basketball players from Philly seem to have, right? Oh, absolutely. And the main thing is I think those guys play with a chip on their shoulder. It's like they don't have big-time uh, players. Well, Obviously, they're, they're big time now, but they didn't go to big time universities like, yeah, name recognized players. So I feel like um, I actually bet against them the last game they played against Bayheim's Army and uh, had to swallow that one. But listen, brotherly love is tough. They're athletic. Um, they're fast. And like I said, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. So I think I think they're they're going to get it done tonight. All right. So that's interesting. Hakeem's got brotherly love. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see either of the quote unquote underdogs pull these ones off, but we're going to have to see what happens tonight. These games are going to be on ESPN at seven o'clock Eastern time, six o'clock central. Then we're going to go to ESPN two for the dunk contest, which I think is going to be fantastic. If anyone is not inclined to like dunk, dunk contest, you're going to love this one because it's not your standard contest. Everybody gets posterized or has to posterize somebody else. And then the second game we're going to have tonight is going to be on ESPN two. That's going to be team brotherly love against Team Hines. From that, the two winners are going to advance to play either uh, Carmen's Crew or the Golden Eagle Alumni, both on ESPN starting at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Central Time on Sunday. That'll be our semifinal matchup on ESPN, so be sure to tune in for that one. Guys, it's going to be a great weekend of basketball. Let's try to touch base maybe on Monday, and we'll talk about who's going to be playing in this championship game. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back again soon.